let's go. Hello, and welcome to Sustain Open Source Design. Is it Sustain Our Design? No, it's Sustain Open Source Design. Yes, yes. Sustain Open Source Design. SOS. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Sustained Open Source Design, the podcast where we talk about sustaining open source with design involved. How do we as designers interface with open source in a sustainable way? How do we integrate into different communities? How do we as coders work with other designers? Where does that interface happen and how does it gel? Really excited to talk to you all today for this, our first podcast with a guest, which is going to be awesome. Can't wait to introduce him. Before we get to that, though, I want to make sure I talk about the other panelists and give them a chance to say hi. So we have Errol Fox today joining us again from Open Food Networks. Errol, how are you doing? I am doing good. Thanks uh, for having me again as a host. I'm very excited to have this conversation. I'm not just having you. We are all in this together. This is a dream. We are co-dreaming at the same time. Justin Flory, my other co-dreamer, joining us from the UN. How are you today? Hey, my name is Justin, and I work as an open source technical advisor with the UNICEF Office of Innovation. Happy to be here, too, for this conversation. That you do. I'm also happy to have you here. We also have another host on today, Memo Esparza. Memo is the designer for Open Collective. Memo, how are you? Hello, Richard. Thank you. And hello, all. Uh, it's, it's great to, to be here. Those of you who don't remember, and I really hope that's the case because I'm not memorable, this is Richard Litauer. I helped run the Sustained podcast, and I organize way too many open source communities and don't know what hat I'm wearing most of the time. That is actually probably pretty similar to our guest today. We have Agiri Abraham. Agiri is calling to us from Nigeria, where he works for Softcom, while also sitting on the Node.js ComCom committee and their cross-project council, the CPC. Agiri, how are you today? I'm doing great. Um, around the 12 a.m. here in Nigeria. I'm really excited to have you here. And thank you so much for being such a trooper and recording this so late in the evening. It's awesome. So, Agiri, tell me a bit about what you do in your day job. Okay, currently I'm a backend engineer at Softcom. Most times I actually toggle between being um, an engineering PR and um, leading the DevX efforts, the company I work for. I also lead efforts around documentation for majority of our products. Um, yeah, that's like the day-to-day job. Um, AO, I currently work on AO as a packing engineer, like an area mission. And um, AO is a bank um, trying to bridge the financial inclusion gap in Nigeria and Africa. That's what the day job is like. And your night job, what do you do on ComCom and the CPC for Node? Okay, so on ComCom, um, basically work on initiatives um, with the rest of the community members. On the CPC, we try to align on the projects that we represent at the foundation level. So sometime last two years ago, we decided to bring the JavaScript Foundation and the Node.js Foundation as one. Um, and we created the OpenJS Foundation, um, trying to make sure that the grids for JavaScript keeps growing. And then we don't have like divided the two different foundations on that Linux, but one umbrella foundation um, housing JavaScript. So 
how did you get involved with all these different things? How did you get involved with Node? To be very honest, getting involved with Node was one of the biggest, well, I see happened as a mistake. So what happened was I was going through my emails and I wanted some spam and I saw Node.js interactive in one of the spam emails. So I clicked on it. Uh, that took me to the YouTube page and uh, I listened to Rachel speaking for a NodeConf event. And then I also followed up with Node School, tried doing some Node School events in Nigeria. Or I picked so much interest in the idea of open source because I was like the first open source project I ever contributed to. And then I kept the work going contributing to initiative, contributing to open issues, trying to learn PRs. I got into the, the com as a member after that, like three weeks of always attending meetings, not missing meetings, active contributions when issues arise, answering questions that need to be answered, trying to align the goals of the project and um, the community itself. So that's basically how I got into open source projects on it's been a crazy ride. I, I think I've been doing this for three to four years now. Um, it's already three years now. I done moved so fast. Well, I'm actually very excited with um, the space of growth that's come with um, the contributions open source. I actually also got my first ever remote job um, because of open source. So it's been like the open gates to most of to my entire career. Yeah, I can actually say to my entire career as an engineer. So I can completely relate to the process of getting involved in open source as a crazy ride. I can completely relate. It's been about three or four years for me too. And it's been almost a year since we had a very energetic and deep conversation, Open Source Community Africa Festival. Isn't that right, Agiri? Yeah, <laughs> it's actually a year now. Yeah. So... For the listeners at home, let's recap a little bit about that conversation and how we came to it. So if I remember correctly, you were talking about a project that you were working on and having some frustrations around how to communicate the need for design around these development projects. And then we got deeper into the conversations about what we then started to call developer design relations. So if you'd like to take it away and recap the conversation that we had almost a year ago now for the listeners at home. So the first time I ever heard her speaking was at the Open Source um, Oscar event and she was trying to explain how design really comes to life when it comes to problem solving. And that really strikes me when prior to a project I was working on, I was trying to think about how do we solve problems, more challenging problems um, around um, engineering, around the industry generally. How do we become more, not just innovative, but inventful? Like we think about new ways of doing things, really solving problems that people have never solved and not just innovating around ideas that are already existing. And I, there and then, I actually stayed thinking deeply about it and I felt like it's going to be a very great opportunity if problems are actually, if solutions are actually designed to solve precise problems, not just engineering solutions, because we are actually good engineers or very good coders. We lean more of, oh, this project already exists, let me pick it up and just build this. But we lack the idea of people taking some steps back 
on thinking about the solution from a design point of view. Let's design the, the solution to this particular problem. Let's think about this problem and come up with the right solution for it. So that's like the first time I ever spoke to Errol about the idea of design and developer relationships and how it comes together. Yeah, and you mentioned that you are also involved with the Node.js project and with the OpenJS Foundation. So, you know, when people think about JavaScript, the first thing that if they're going to think about design might be web design. But probably from your perspective, that's from or could be framed a different way. I'm just wondering, do you think that's accurate or what other role does design play in the JavaScript ecosystem? Maybe in ways that people don't think might typically be true. Okay, so I think design goes way beyond UI UX. It also goes way beyond building applications, right? I think if we are going to conceptualize this particular thinking, it has to be not just um, into the JavaScript ecosystem, but in the technology industry itself. I'm trying to bring the concept of um, less design solutions to problem, not just designing a UI UX or a graphic interface for a web application or a mobile application. So if we're going to say, okay, let's relate this in the JavaScript world. JavaScript is a technology, it's a language, but we actually tend to take out problem solving from just writing code, but putting problem solving into the area of designing real solutions for those problems. So regardless of the ecosystem, regardless of the technology or whatever that you want to use in solving a particular problem, let there be a process of designing a solution for it first before building that solution for it, right? So if we take a look at the automobile industry, cars are almost false-proof. You barely see a car that just stops working the way software is just stops working. The software can just... It's working today and tomorrow it crashes. If we look at the way technology is today, we have a lot of new innovations around existing um, around existing inventions. And there is this common saying that people no longer invent, but people now innovate. But what my concepts for this is that we can start thinking about problem solving, not just because of, oh, I have this great app idea. Um, I need a product designer to help me design. It's going to look like this. It's going to do this. It's going to do that. All that is great. But if we think about it as, I have this great problem. I need someone that can design a solution to solve this problem. Then we start inventing new solutions, new ways of doing things and not just innovating um, existing solutions. That's how I try to think about it. Um, that's how I try to think about the relationship um, between developers and designers. So I want to go a little bit now into difficult territory, maybe, Aguirre, where when we were speaking last year, we started to talk about some of the, the problems or the difficulties talking to other developers in the open source space and likely beyond about the topic of design. So I'd really like to hear in your words again, the kinds of conversations you've had with other developers and what would you like those conversations ideally to go like that isn't frustrating for you? So yeah, tell us about some of those difficult conversations you've had with other developers. 
I can remember uh, the first time I and her had this conversation. I struggled so much trying to explain the concept. And she was like, hey, yeah, I get it. But that's not something that gets with other developers because um, when you talk to a developer about the design and the first thing that comes to mind is, yeah, they just design UI UX. I mean, it's a simple job. But which makes the conversation a lot more difficult because you keep trying to explain that. No, 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 no. I think that designing products goes way beyond just UI UX. It goes into actual problem solving. And because people tend to disagree to that point of view, it makes the conversation a lot more difficult because you keep trying to explain how this can play out and what changes and how this really affects the technology industry. Most times I really just wish that when I have this conversation with other engineers and other developers, that they're able to fully relate to that computer science is great. Computer science is about problem solving, but computer science will be way more greater or may be more interesting if we allow designers to actually think about real solutions for problems, giving them the space to be the decade creators for the next decade. And it's going to be a lot um, interesting when you also talk to other designers and they feel like, oh yeah, I think I can do this. I, oh yeah, I feel like this is the way I should be thinking. I, yeah, I feel like this is a concept that I should be adopting because they can relate to really solving problems and trying to put their brain to work to get it out there. But for engineers, it's always, well, they are designers and they should just stick to doing UI UX, which makes the conversation a lot difficult trying to get a concept out there. Yeah, it's so tricky from many different perspectives. This conversation about how to understand each other, essentially, how developers understand designers and how designers understand developers. And it's especially difficult in the open source space where everyone's working 10 times harder for mostly volunteer hours. Do you think, Agiri, the roles, the official developer relationship roles in organizations could change to be more I guess, design friendly, what kind of ways would you like to see those roles change? Well, I generally believe that um, what can really change is most probably when people, when companies start thinking about design and their roles and they start thinking about, okay, let's have people who can introduce more solutions to how our technology is being used, not just people who can build stuff with our technology. Right. So that's actually going to be a good way to start seeing designers come into the DevRel space because them going out there, they start discussing things about not just UI UX, but they're talking about, hey, this is our solution. This is what we have. And this is how you can build more better solutions with our technology. So for a case, I use JavaScript and JavaScript company and I'm a DevRel at JavaScript and I'm a designer. Me going out there to discuss as a DevRel I'm giving you so many problems in the world that JavaScript can solve because I don't just think about the UI UX of things, but I think about problem solving when I think about technology. That's just the way that designers come into being their roles for organization, for technology organizations, because they're not just talking about UI UX, they're not just talking about web design, but they're talking about using design to design real solutions. Yeah, I like that you're focusing on the problem solving aspect of design as a function. And I do think that is one of the key 
parts of design that is misunderstood often about a lot of our role within software generally. And open source is one of the ways in which one of the software is one of the technologies that also sometimes misunderstands that. I've got a question which describes a current situation around this topic. And I'm curious to know what you would think. So I've got a group of designers that are really interested, so dedicated in helping a open source tech project at the moment. And they're full of problem solving ideas and they're contributing their problem solving ideas almost, you know, to an overwhelming extent, lots of new issues, lots of new discussions on how to solve the problems of this particular open source. But what they're coming up against are the founding developers and the regular contributors of the tech in the project, not really knowing how to talk to them about those ideas and problem solving ideas. And they're kind of just throwing up the whole, oh, no, we can't, you know, redev the whole software, you know, just because you've come up with this new UI and they're not quite getting the designers are there to do the problem solving. How would you enter this situation? How would you present the problem solving aspect, either from the designer's point of view in in helping to, I, I don't know, convince the developers? Or how would you help those developers to fully understand that the designers, you know, are there to help solve their problems. We can all agree that the concept about design as problem solving is not something that everybody has accepted yet. And it's not also something that people are willing to accept. That makes it a little bit tricky, but not definitely not impossible. Um, so what I think can be a good start towards designers getting into open source projects and letting them know that, yo, um, this is very important. It's having some projects, some open source projects that are willing to be on um, sandbox for this concept. Um, because one thing I know I can, that we can all agree with is within the open source community, we try to reuse ideas. We try to use, we reuse ideas that we get. We can look at what open source project and we are like, oh, this open source project is doing this and I believe that it's working and we can also do it. Right? So if within the open source community, we can say, okay, let's have some sandbox project um, within the community that we can use to destroy this idea so other projects can see that this is very important and organizations can also see that this can work. Or um, I think that can be a very great start to getting those designers that are willing to contribute their, their problem solving ideas to open source projects, get work. I have a hard question, which I really love what you're saying around design and problem solving and not thinking of coders as not designers. How are you implementing this high level abstractions into your actual projects? How do you bring this to the CPC? Okay, quite enough. It's like it's still so much of concepts, and I've tried working sometime last year to see how we can develop these concepts in such a way that whenever we present it to any organization, they're willing to listen to us, or any other projects, they're also willing to listen because it's not just a very concept, but the concept that. We have tried to put words together and we can explain using just one word, right? Even within my organization where I work, I've had some discussion with some folks and it still seems like, well, this is not something that we want to try. It's too expensive to get into. We don't think that's the right approach. 
and all these other negative or flows of energy just keeps coming around it. And like, okay, sometime or someday, someone's going to actually be listening and fully understand that this is actually a good way to think about problem solving. This is actually a good way to get billions of problems out of the world. Because one thing I believe about inventing solutions is that the very honest with you is that people always for inventful ideas, people never know they need them. They always seem to be completely impossible and arguably unnecessary. Because even if you want to take some example, people argue that man can never fly. People argue that we need a car when we have a carriage. Oxes were good enough, then using a ship to, to, to travel was good enough. Using a train to travel was good enough until we had airplanes, which became better. Arguably, we can say that it's going to take some time for people to get into the concept or accept that this is a good way to think about problem solving. It's going to take some time for people to get into the idea of, okay, let's listen to this group of people that believe that product design is way more than just UI UX. Uh, and let's give them a shot at proving this, right? It's still a concept. So proving that it's good and useful. And I really, really wish that I can get some books projects and work with some designers um, to get this out there. It is hard to try and basically make it palatable to everyone. And I just stole that word from Errol in the chat, but that's really adequate, right? How do you make this shift cost-effective. I really love the metaphor of, you know, airplanes weren't accepted until they were cheaper. So th this was the thing that happened with airplanes. Everyone saw that the Wright brothers could fly, but they're like, there's never going to be a thing until it became more convenient than anything else. What do you see as possible venues to make that shift? Do you have any stellar examples that you could point to, to help people understand how this will actually accelerate the rate of Design or <laughs> accelerate <laughs> so, uh, building? <laughs> yes. So some days ago, I was actually looking into some of the problems that you and highlighted, some problems in the world that, that have been highlighted by some group of folks. Um, what came to mind was then I was actually very busy. I was like, oh, maybe during the weekend, I'm going to eat her up and see if I can get some designers from my end that let's look into this problem and design some solutions for them. So I also feel like if our venture, I get some few designers that can agree with me on this, then we look at existing problems in the world and start using this concept to bring forth new solutions. I think that's, that's a good way to start because with that, we can point out, yo, this project used this system, used this flow and is successful. This project uses this flow and we have this new solution to solve this particular problem and it's successful. Um, till that is actually done, it's still just, yeah, you're just still talking. You are just still trying to bring around an idea that can never work. I think that's like the first big step and a cost-effective way to, to get something moving. I was just going to take the conversation in a different direction too. So I was just noticing that design as a like a vehicle for problem solving is coming up like a, quite a bit. And one of the key parts of open source to me is the community and collaborating with other people to solve those like common problems that we have. So I was just thinking like with this podcast, it was, you know, a little bit, each of us have a community that we worked with together to carry out or complete a project. And 
I was just curious if you could tell us a story of a time that you were like working with a community of people on like open source design. Like what was that experience like to work with other people on the wider project? Something that wasn't just for yourself. Okay. If I didn't give you the story about working in the community on the projects would be when I tried um, starting um, a Node.js program in Africa. Um, it wasn't as successful as I thought it was going to be. Because funny truth is that running an open source community anywhere in the world is quite expensive and you need long, long funding to make sure it's successful. But that was an experience that I grew in managing stuff, right? I used that experience to learn how to manage people, work with people. Because prior to ever contributing to any open source project or working with any open source project, I really, really do struggle in working with people. I really do struggle with communicating with exactly how I feel or communicating exactly what is in my head um, with my mouth. But working on that very particular project really taught me a lot because I got to work with some very great people that they brought a lot to the table. They were able to get me other folks that they were out of their own reach. So for example, we needed a designer to help us design a sticker. So we got someone, I don't know a designer. I probably don't know a very good designer that can get the job done, but I was able to learn how to communicate to people to get other people and delegate to get um, things done. But if I'm going to talk about a community project that I've worked with designers on, like something like this, I think this would be the first time ever being in a room filled with designers and trying to um, get my idea across to those designers. I've, I've had conversations with individuals, a particular designer at the time, but I've never been in a room with a group of designers and trying to make them understand what I've seen or work on a particular project. Well, I think that's categorically untrue. And the reason is because I also started my career very similar to you. I was involved with Node School. I once sat on Node ComCom and yeah, it was a while ago, so it's not a thing. But but Node School <laughs> in particular, Node School is awesome, right? So Node School has no one who's there. There's no owner to the project. For those of you who don't know, Node School is a it's a group of modules that were made by Substack and others way back in the day to help yeah, you yeah. work on Node.js. And they basically just put them out there and said, if you want to learn these, why don't you get people together in the room and just teach each other? There's no ruler, there's no instructors. It's just an acephalous, almost anarchist organization. And yeah. every single time I've run a node school, I've noticed that everyone else there is trying to figure it out with me. Is this your experience too, Agiri? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, that's, that's exactly what it's worth. But uh, when it comes to trying to get people in this space, on periods when I started trying to do Node.js in my region, People were still writing PHP and trying to get them to know, oh, Node.js is a new thing. And they're like, why would I want to learn Node.js? I mean, PHP is working very fine for me. <laughs> so, uh, <yeah. laughs> so there was always this debate of which programming language is better, which you should use. At the point in time, I was really, really trying to learn the language. I was really trying to learn technology and getting other people in the room to learn technology alongside with me was not really as easy as I expected. 
So Aguirre, I wanted to ask you, like outside your work, like in let's say uh, pixel pushing, how do you envision design happening between you and developers? I want to get to a conversation where design happens outside screens and outside, you know, drawings and stuff like that. So in your experience, how is that non-pixel, non-graphical experience with uh, developers? I think where we can actually start from is, first of all, trying to shape the minds of other designers to actually start thinking out of the screens and actually also start thinking out of pixels. Um, because if a group of designers are saying our job description is way just beyond UI UX, another group of designers are saying, no, my job is just inside the screen. It's going to make having the conversation a lot more difficult. But I think with something like this, with um, the Sustainable Open Source Design Initiative, it's really a good place to start on um, trying to shape the mind of designers that know your job is not just in the screen, but it's really more around problem solving. If we can get that idea out there and also make the organizations to understand that when you are hiring a designer, you're not just hiring a designer because they're going to be working on screens, but you're hiring a designer because you want them to be problem solvers. And that's another, like the second phase of getting this idea out there. That's basically how I see it working over a period of time. Yeah, um, that's, that's really interesting. I'm talking about like, you previously mentioned that like it was hard to get the buy-in from the decision makers against, you know, a developer team or showing only like screens or UI designs. But I think we all know that a lot of the value that design can deliver happens often through conversations or through, you know, through calls and meetings and documents. So do you have any particular insight you have along those lines? Okay. Um, for one, I'm also an engineer. I'm really not a designer. So most times when I've tried having this conversation with other designers and trying to make them understand that if I want to do something, and I'm asking you as a designer to help me. You know, please, I need you to help me design solutions. This, uh, and they always go, that's not really what I do. I just think I'm just going to stick to doing the UI UX. So I've really struggled with meeting designers that can think this way or meet designers that are also ready to have a conversation and do the job, right? So that's been a bottleneck on my own end and, and something that I really hope to start seeing maybe the coming months and coming weeks, start seeing designers having that mind shift, then I will be able to work with them. And I will actually love to work with designers that have those mind shifts. Right. Um, after I tried working with RL so that I go, um, but I was equally very, very busy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's really a problem. A very big problem. Yeah, sure. It's, it's, it's a long walk. I think we all know that. And it's great to um, have these spaces where we all talk about this and then try to spread the word about all of the design that happened like outside design or outside like traditional design conversations. So, so thank you very much for your insight. So we've talked a lot about different ways of communicating between developers and designers and Agiri, what you're really doing from what I believe from our conversations is you're building this bridge between your knowledge of design, 
your experience as an engineer around what you want to see from designers, but also what you want to see from engineers. And the thing that still strikes me as the biggest problem with this particular part of open source design and working with developers on projects is the vocabulary that we have available and the structures we have available for asking for what we want to happen. So we see a lot in open source design, the things that are asked for are very visual design kinds of things. And there aren't really templates out there for engineers such as yourself that are really curious about engaging designers beyond the UI and UX on these problem solving tasks. And I think that's really, you know, one of the problems that you are trying to solve through this building of a vocabulary, this building of resources. So I'd like to give you an opportunity to kind of talk a little bit more about the, the challenge of building this vocabulary and having these conversations and if you'd like to. I think meaningful in, in, inventions will actually start from meaningful designs. And this is something that we really need to get out there to make it a, a lingual, trying to make everybody understand that, hey, folks, meaningful innovation in technology is actually going to start from meaningful designs. We've been able to invent new stuff. We've been able to use what we know to bring about real change. It's going to start from we allowing designers to do their jobs. We allowing designers to design real solutions to these problems. So this is where I think we can build that bridge from, trying to make everybody understand that every meaningful invention is actually going to start from a meaningful design. Every meaningful problem that we solve needs a meaningful solution. And that solution needs to be designed before we can actually get it done. So that is where I see the conversation going. That's where I see things getting built from. Because if we can all agree to this is when people were trying to build, when the Bright Brothers were trying to design the airplane, <laughs> emphasis on design, they didn't jump right into just building the plane up and say, yo, this is going to work. They had to start from designing it, learning more about it, trying to make other people understand that this is a good solution. This is going to make things faster. This is going to make things better. That's where we can start having the conversation from trying to make organizations understand that if you want to do something different, if you want to be um, an extraordinary company, if you want to push extraordinary products, then you really need to allow designs to get into the room and design those solutions that you want to see solve those problems that you have or those problems that you've identified. All right. I, I generally think that's where we can start from. That's incredibly eloquent. Love it. For people who want to hear more about what you think and how to do this better, do you have a Twitter account? Do you have a website? Where can people follow you? Do you have a newsletter, a carrier pigeon? For now, nothing, <laughs> nothing at all. <laughs> I basically just have the conversation with people that just want to listen. Um, yeah, for now, I just have the conversation with people that really want to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, then the best way to get involved with Agiri or listeners is probably to go check out Node School and go check out Node and just be involved in conversations around design. Yeah. He has a Twitter account. It's C-O-D-E-E-K-A-G-E. That's Code Akaj. 
So you can go check that out, but he doesn't use it very much apparently. So maybe not, but for now, <laughs> thank you so much. But before we wrap up, I want to make sure we get to spotlight. Spotlight is a bit of sustained podcast where we talk about really cool projects and design projects and designers and people who have helped us out before shedding light on things that came before us so we can help sustain the community as a whole. So to begin, Errol, what is your spotlight this week? Such exciting news in the world of open source design, folks. Penpot.io has released its alpha version of the open source design prototyping tool. It is well worth a look. It is really cool. And I'm super excited to see what Penpot do with this tool. They also have uh, other tool, which I believe one of the other hosts is going to talk a little bit about as well. All right, Justin, what is yours? My shout out for this week is to software that we here on the Design Podcast are very familiar with, Taika, which is an open source project management tool, just had their huge Taika 6 release. And uh, it was really focused on UI, UX, and it's been pretty nice to work with. So I got to give my hat tip to Team Taika. Love it. Awesome. Memo, what is your spotlight today? Yeah, my spotlight for this time thing would be the launch of a project of Open Web Docs. It's a project we're just welcoming in, in Open Collective. So it's a platform to support a community of technical writers and around creation and long-term maintenance of uh, web platform technology documentation, obviously open and, and inclusive for all. So if you all can, it raised some attention last week. So check it out at Twitter, Open Web Docs. Awesome. Mine today is probably Node School. Node School was incredibly instrumental in getting me interested in Node. It's incredibly easy to throw your own Node School. Just get a room and invite people and maybe buy pizza or something that's a lot better for people's actual health. Node School is awesome. Highly suggest everyone check it out. (laughs) (laughs) Also good. Get some jollof rice. All right. Agiri, what's your spotlight today? Yeah, so I actually want to check out um, what's going on in Node.js projects on um, the OpenJS Foundation. Events are coming up soon. The OpenJS world is coming up very soon. So I actually want you guys to look into it. Get parts of JavaScript community. It's a very interesting one. And it's one of the most dynamic and beautiful communities that you can be part of. True talks. (laughs) Again, Aguri, thank you so much for coming on this podcast. It was super awesome to hear your perspective and to hear what you're doing and best of luck. And I look forward to seeing you around. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. 